Well, praise the Lord. Let me get into the message I'm continuing today. This is the sixth message, number six, on the kingdom of God. And I've subtitled it, Blockades to Your Blessings. Our text today is Matthew 6, 33. Use this every Sunday, these first six weeks. And I want you to say it with me. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. Let's say it again. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. Last Sunday, I talked to you about uh, the children's bread or what belongs to you and me as children of God, as king's kids, as members of the kingdom of God, the, the, the things that belong to it, they're, they're ours, salvation, deliverance, healing, and, and on and on and on we could go. But I'm, I, I wanted to, to talk to you this morning about some hindrances because let me tell you, I mentioned a while ago there's evil in the world. There certainly is. And I can promise you when you begin to get a hold of this message and when you begin to step out in faith, and when you begin to exercise kingdom dominion in your own life and in the life of your family members and in the, in, the, in the area where you live, when you start exercising that by faith, you're going to be opposed by the enemy because he does not want you to live in that kind of victory. And, and so he tries to hinder. Now, he doesn't have anything new. Satan is not a creator. He doesn't come up with any. He has to keep recycling the same old, same old. And so we're not unaware of his devices. But I want to I help us as the body of Christ to be sure that we understand what those things are so that we can take, uh, get ourselves prepared so we can take advantage of the enemy instead of the enemy taking advantage of us. Amen? If he's going to put a blockade in the road and stop you, and you and I both have seen people that just started out with great fervor for the Lord. Boy, they were so on fire for God. They were so excited. They were just doing great things for the Lord. And then all of a sudden you saw, you see their lives slow down and in some cases come to a complete halt as far as their spiritual growth and their spiritual advancement. What happens? They run into a blockade. But I want you this morning to learn how to put on, you know, we're supposed to have our feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Paul talked about running this race with patience. Praise God, I want you to get your running shoes on. And I want you to learn how when you get to one of those blockades, just to hurdle right over the top of it and just keep going. Amen. The gates of hell are not supposed to prevail against the body of Christ and the church of God in this day. Amen. We're supposed to be taking the kingdom for the Lord Jesus. The apostle Paul, when he was writing to the church at Galatia, in Galatians chapter 5 and verse 7, he said, you ran well. Who hindered you from obeying the truth? In other words, they were running into the same kind of problem that I, I'm trying to make you aware of this morning. That church at Galatia was on fire for God. And, and Paul said, what happened? You guys started out so good and, and you were running so well. What hindered you? And I want us to see what the hindrance is that the enemy uses to slow down the church, to slow down the members of the body of Christ. I, I probably won't get to more than one this morning, but I'm going to deal with the major one. 
In fact, if you conquer this one, you may be able to get the others without any problem. The number one thing that the enemy uses to keep us from walking in the victory that we should is worry. Worry. That blockade of worry. Now, when Jesus talked about this, in fact, my text is from Matthew chapter 6. And I, I just want to run through Matthew chapter 6 and show you a few times what Jesus said here. Look, verse 25, the first part of it. Therefore, this is Jesus speaking, I say to you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. What Jesus say? Don't worry. Don't worry. Look at verse 27. Which of you by worrying can add one cubit to his statue? In other words, Jesus said, don't you realize the reason I'm telling you not to worry is because worry is futile. It doesn't accomplish anything. Let, let me ask you, do you know of anybody that has really been successful in any area of their life when, when they're asked to maybe to give a speech, how did you succeed? What, what was the key to your success? And they stood up and said, I just want to tell you, the thing that put me over the top was I learned how to worry. <laughs> oh, not only have you never heard that, you never will. Unless somebody just completely deranged. Jesus said, don't you understand? Worrying will not get the job done. You're not going to accomplish anything by worrying. It, it's futile. It's useless. Look at verse 28. Then he asked us the question, so why worry about clothing? <laughs> and ladies, why do you stand at the closet saying, what am I going to wear? <laughs> don't worry. Don't worry. Look at verse 31. Therefore, do not worry saying, what shall we eat? What shall we drink? Or what shall we wear? Don't worry. About it. He's talking about the basic necessities of life. Now, food, clothing, shelter. Why, why are you worrying about those things? Why, why are you worrying about those things? Don't you realize that your heavenly father is big enough to take care of you? Listen, church, read your Bible. If God could take care of between two and a half and three million Israelites in the wilderness for 40 years, don't you think he can take care of you? My goodness. What are you worried about? Let's go on. Verse 34. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow. For tomorrow will worry about his own things. Some of you are worried to death about tomorrow. What am I going to do? Am I going to make? What is, am I going to still have a job tomorrow? Am I gonna, what, what am I? Are you worrying about the future? Don't worry about the future. Did you know research shows that most of the nine-tenths of the things that we worry about in the future never come to pass? Just don't happen. So, it, again, it's futile to worry. So Jesus is telling us here over and over, don't worry, don't worry, don't worry. Turn to your neighbor and tell them that three times. Don't worry. <laughs> don't worry. Don't worry. Don't worry. Don't worry. Just don't, don't worry. Now, I know you're probably thinking it's easier said than done. 
So let me help you if I can. Before I tell you, and before I get done with this message, my last point will be on how, how to get the job done. But I think for us to know how to get the job done, we need to understand where worry comes from. What's the root of worry? Where, where, so where does worry come from? One word, fear. The reason you're worried is because you're afraid. Afraid. Remember last Sunday, I, I talked to you about the heart of our Father. And, and I told you, according to the Scripture, our Heavenly Father desires to give us the kingdom. Jesus said in one place, he said, you parents, you, you know how to give good gifts to your children. How much more will your Heavenly Father give good things to you, to those that love him? It's the desire of the Father to bless you. God wants to bless you. Jesus said, it's the thief that comes to kill, steal, and destroy. I've come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. In other words, the heart of God is for you to have abundant life. Abundant life. Life overflowing. Life blessed. You can go all the way back to Genesis if you want to and claim the blessings of Abraham because through Jesus Christ, they belong to us. We have a right to them. And it's the desire of our Heavenly Father to bless us with all of those things. But Jesus gave it to us in Luke 12, 32. He started off by saying, do not fear, little flock. For it's the Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. He wants to give it to you, so don't be afraid. You got to get rid of fear before you can walk in these blessings. As long as you got fear. You know what fear is? It, it, one definition, it, it's faith in the opposite of God. In other words, when you're afraid, you're telling God, God, I, I, I love you and all, but I, I just don't believe you're big enough to take care of me. I know you took care of all them other people, but I, I just don't, you, Lord, you, you just never run into a problem as big as mine. What in the world? Where did that come from? That's, that's faith in the opposite direction. Fear is doubting God's ability or doubting God's willingness to do for you what he wants to do. I've given you Romans 5, 17 several times, and I'm not going to put it back up this morning, but but through one man's sin, death came. But through Jesus, another man, the second Adam, glory to God, life came. That's what we're demonstrating a while ago at the baptismal pool, life in him. And he came so that we could enjoy that, so that we could have the blessings of God. And in fact, that verse of Scripture says that God wants us to reign in life, victorious in the Lord. That's what God wants for you. But you got to get over that fear thing. Get over that fear thing. Boy, it's all through the Bible. In fact, somebody said there's over 365 fear knots in the Bible. One for every day of the year. You don't have to fear for anything. I, I was just running. I'm not going to go all the way through the New Testament this morning, uh, but um, I just ran through a little bit the four Gospels. And in Matthew 1, 20, an angel spoke to Joseph and said, don't be afraid to get married. <laughs> don't, don't fear that. And Joseph was struggling. He, he was, 
Mary had confided in him and told him what God had spoken to her and what an angel had said to her. And, and you think other people might have trouble processing that. Can you imagine being in Joseph's shoes trying to process that? And the angel said, don't be afraid to get married. Listen, if it's the will of God, don't be afraid of it. Now, most people today, I guess it's a different day. They're not, most young people are not too afraid of it. They're more afraid they won't get married, I guess. I don't know. I'm scared to death to get married. That's before I learned this lesson right here. I had to preach this to myself. I, I, I can preach it to you because I learned it. I've been through it. I was so afraid of getting married. I prayed all night. The night I stayed up all night praying the night before I got married. I was wore out the next day. <laughs> I was so afraid. I was so afraid. And, and, and one of the reasons, because the enemy had, and I've shared this with you before, the enemy had told me over and over and over because of all the health problems I've had in my younger days that I would never live to be past 35. And, uh, and, and, and I struggled with, is this fair to Faye for me to marry her and leave her a young widow? I thank God when I finally got victory over that and praise God, I can tell the devil this morning, I've lived 35 twice. And hey, I'm going for it the third time. Amen. I'm tired of this three score and 10. I'm going to get back there to that promise and promise you 120. I'm going to go for that one. Amen. <laughs> glory. Uh, Matthew 10, 26, Jesus told us, don't fear when people call you names. You know, somebody called him and said, you're casting out demons by Beelzebub. Jesus said, if they call me that name, they're going to call you names too. So just let me tell you right off front, don't worry about it. When people call your name, what, why, why should that make you fear? Don't worry about it. People call your name. Some of you have been debilitated all your life because of some stupid name somebody called you when you was a kid. Forget it. Fear not. Don't be afraid of what names they're going to call you. In, in Matthew 28, he told them they came to the tomb of Jesus and they saw him crucified. They saw him taken down and put in Joseph of Arimathea's tomb. They saw them roll that big, big stone over the grave. They saw the Roman soldiers seal it with a Roman seal. And yet on the resurrection morning, when they got there, the, 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 the soldiers were gone. The stone was rolled away. The tomb was empty. But an angel stepped up and said, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid of what you don't understand. Amen. Can I tell you this morning? Don't be afraid of what you don't understand. Don't be afraid of it. It's, it's going to be all right. It's going to be all right. In, in Luke chapter 1, an angel spoke to Zacchaeus, I mean, uh, uh, Zacharias, and said to Zacharias, Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid of the presence of an angel. Glory to God. Don't be afraid of heavenly visitations. In Luke chapter 2, a host of angels told shepherds on a hillside, don't be afraid. Fear not, for praise God, the Son of God has come to this earth. Woo, glory. Because Jesus has been here before us, gone all the way through life before us, won victorious, even went through death and took the sting out of it for us. We don't have a thing to be afraid of. Nothing. Nothing. We should fear no evil, no evil whatsoever. Praise the Lord. 
Luke chapter 5, verse 10, Jesus told Simon Peter, don't be afraid of the miracle catch. They had a miraculous success. He'd been a fisherman all his life. He knew something's different here, and it shook him up. Jesus said, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid to succeed. Don't be afraid of your blessing. Don't be afraid of the miracles of God that are coming your way. Praise God for them. And in Luke chapter 8, he spoke to a man named Jairus. You remember he had a 12-year-old daughter that was homesick, very sick, near unto death. And he came to Jesus and he said, I, would you come and heal my daughter? Jesus said, I will. And on the way, they got, they got detained by that little, little woman with the issue of blood. Remember that story? I won't go into it, but it held Jesus up for a while. While they were de being detained, somebody from Jairus' house came and said to him, don't bother the master anymore. Your little daughter has expired. She's dead. Jesus heard it and turned around to him and said, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid of bad news. Praise God. I'm still going to your house. It, 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 it wasn't any more difficult with, for Jesus after death than it was before death. Praise God. He's victorious over all of it. So let me tell you this morning, don't fear bad news. Some of you are afraid of bad news. You're afraid the doctor's going to tell you something's terribly wrong with you. You're, you're afraid of something the kids are going to do. You're afraid of people have all kind of crazy fears and phobias about all kind of stuff. And they're, they're, they're afraid you're going to get some bad news. Listen, <laughs> if you belong to Jesus, my goodness. In fact, Luke 12 and 7, he said, don't be afraid of man, period. Just, just don't be afraid of anybody. What can man do to you? What can they do to you? Why should you be afraid of anybody? David got a hold of that when he was just a teenager. He said, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I'll fear no evil. He walked right out there to an eight-foot giant. He was just a little old teenage boy. All he had was a slingshot, and that guy had sword and spear and all kind of armament and everything else, and he was a trained soldier. Here David was nothing but a shepherd boy, but he wasn't afraid of him. He walked out there. That old, that old giant bellered out at David and said, I come to you and today I'll, I'll, I'll take care of you, boy. What do you think I am, a dog that you come out against me? David said, look here, big boy. You come out against me with a sword and a spear? You, you just don't know about the God of Israel. I come against you in the name of Jehovah God. And when you got Jehovah God, it doesn't matter how big the man is in front of you. You and Jesus are a majority. He said, in fact, I, I'm, I'm going to take your head off today. And he did. He hit him with that sling and the giant fell down. David ran up there and took his sword and cut his head off. Grabbed him by the hair of the head and went walking back into the camps of Israel saying, look what Jehovah God has done. That's the way you get ahead <laughs> in life. Amen. You just don't, don't be afraid. 
just trust in God. Amen. One, one, one more here. He, 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 John chapter 12, verse 15, he told the daughters of Zion, don't be afraid. That ought to encourage all you ladies. Don't be afraid. He said, your king is coming. And Jesus, the king of kings and the Lord of lords is here. It doesn't matter whether you're a man or woman. It doesn't matter whether you're a boy or girl. It doesn't matter what your color is. It doesn't matter what your ethnicity is. It doesn't matter what your educational status is. It doesn't matter what kind of job you have. It doesn't matter what your ancestry is. It doesn't matter about your DNA. It doesn't matter about a thing in this world. If Jesus is in your heart, you and him and him and you, you're a child of the king. You don't have to fear anything. You don't have to be afraid. Now, let's, let's recognize the origin of this fear. You need to know where it comes from so you can whip it. Let me take you to 2 Timothy chapter, two, oh, chapter 1 and verse 7. You ready for this? For God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Wherever that fear came from, it did not come from God. It's not from God. It's not of God. That's not what your heavenly father gives you. Your heavenly father gives you the spirit of power and of love and of sound mind. Glory to God. You ever had the devil tell you you lose your mind? Try to put fear in there. Tell him he's a liar. Glory to God. It, 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 it just doesn't come from God. Fear does not come from God. And it's the it's the fear not little children it's the father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom he wants to give you the kingdom so so don't don't be afraid let me take you to romans chapter 8 verses 14 to 17 for as many as are led by the spirit of god these are the sons of god for you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear but you received the spirit of adoption by whom we cry out abba father the Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. Look at this. And if children, then we are heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. If indeed we suffer with him, we may also be glorified together. Praise God. Fear will pull you into bondage. It will debilitate you. It'll slow you down. That's why I call it a blockade. It's a blockade to your blessing. If you allow fear to get a stronghold in your life, it will affect everything about you. It'll affect your sleep. It'll affect your, your, your eating. It'll, it'll affect every area of your life. But we didn't get that. It'll draw you into bondage. That's, a, that's an evil spirit. You ought to resist it with everything that's in you. But here's what we've received. We've received the spirit of adoption. If, if you ever get a hold of this, boy, you got it. Praise God. We are sons and daughters of God. And that means, <laughs> that means that God has chosen to make us heirs and join heirs with Jesus Christ. My goodness sakes alive. We got everything to rejoice about and nothing to be afraid of. So let's just walk in him. Now, here's, here's the reason fear is so debilitating. It is a tormenting spirit. 1 John 4, 18 and 19 says, There's no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear because fear involves torment. 
Fear involves torment. But he who fears has not been made perfect in love. We love him because he first loved us. Now, what he said, that word perfect, don't let that flow, uh, throw you there. That simply means mature. People who have really matured in the love of God, they have risen above that fear element. They, 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 and the reason is because when you get so in love with the Lord until you realize who you are in him and who he is in you, you don't have anything to be afraid of. And, and so that, 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 that causes that fear to have to leave. The two just can't, just can't dwell in the same place there. So, so get rid of that tormenting spirit. It is a tormenting spirit. It will torment you day and night if you're not careful. So here's what I want you to do. Here's, here's where we're coming to. If, if, you, if you dozed off somewhere in the past, wake up, wake up for this third point. I want you to get this one in case you missed the rest, Okay. Just kind of elbow your neighbor and say, wake up, wake up. It's fixing to get good right here. <laughs> I want to I show you by the Word of God how you overcome fear. You ready? If you're ready, say ready. ready. Okay. First thing, you change your speech or your words. You change how you talk. Let, 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 me, let me read it to you from Matthew 6, 31, the first part. Jesus said, remember I read it a while ago, Therefore, do not worry saying. Now, why do, you, why do you think he put that up there first before he went on with other things? Because it's, it may take you a little time to develop and, and get it inside your spirit where you can really walk in this in victory. But you can change this right here right now. You, you can stop this right now. You, you can do something about this right now. You don't, have, you don't have to speak fear even if you're experiencing fear. You don't have to speak it. You, you need to stop saying, I'm scared to death. You, you need to stop saying, I'm afraid I'm going to catch the flu. You, you, you need to stop saying, I'm afraid that I'm going to lose my job. Stop speaking fear. Just, just don't do it. That's, that's not good kingdom language. That's, that belongs to the kingdom of darkness. That's what the devil does to his kingdom people. It's not what God does. You're in the wrong kingdom if you're talking that stuff. Because it, it just doesn't exist over here in the kingdom of God. That's just not the way God treats his people. He doesn't treat his kids like that. You wouldn't do it to your kids. Jesus said, how much more will your heavenly father do good things to you? Then you will your own. You wouldn't do that to your own. So stop that. Stop what you're speaking. Just stop talking that stuff <laughs> uh, it, you you have to work on this but you can do it you can do it my mother-in-law was a precious lady and I loved her dearly but she did I'm sure probably how she was raised she used fear to discipline she she didn't want to she hated to spank her kids, so she would just use fear. And, uh, boy, she, I mean, she had stuff. She wanted her kids to always eat a good breakfast before they went off to school. And if, they didn't, if they didn't eat, she had a different fear for everything. If, if you didn't eat your bacon, if you don't eat your bacon, it'll cause freckles. Uh, she, she, she had some... 
There was a room in the house when my kids were real small. There was a room in the house. She didn't want them to go in because that's where, that's where Peepaw kept his guns. And she didn't, she didn't want the kids to go in there. And she, she, she scared my, my boys when they were little boys. They scared, There's a boogeyman in there. You open that door, that boogeyman will get you. My kids were scared of that room. So that, that's the way she, and, and she didn't mean anything, but she didn't even understand what she was doing. But she was speaking fear into her kids, speaking fear. And uh, same thing, getting them to go to the doctor. Boy, if you don't, you know, if you don't go to the doctor, you'll die. If you don't, <laughs> you, you better watch out because this runs in our family. Stop. Jesus said, therefore, this is the word of Jesus to us. Do not worry saying. So change the way you speak. Number two. You got the first one? Everybody got it? Stop talking fear. Number two, stop thinking fear. Change your minds. Change the way you think about things. Look at this verse, uh, two verses of scripture from Romans chapter 12. He said, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, with mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. And do not be conformed to this world, but be you, look at this, transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Change your thinking. Do something about the way you think. Um, this past week, um, Kent and Candy Christmas um, met with our staff and ministered to them for a couple of days, and boy, it was powerful. Thank the Lord for them. And, and uh, during some of the downtime, I, I, I was visiting with Kent and Candy and, and talking to them about various scriptures and so forth. And, and um, Candy shared something with me that, that, boy, I tell you, it just... I said, man, I can't wait to get home, and I, I want to share this with the congregation. Um, she told me it, it, it's not original with her. She said it. Uh, I, I don't remember the way she said Robert Morris said this or Jimmy Evans said this, one or the other, um, because we were talking about both of them at the same time. And uh, But anyway, a, a man came to Jimmy Evans and said to him, or, or Robert Morris, whichever one it was, said to him, I have... I have been in bondage to pornography as long as I can remember. And I've done everything I know to do. And I cannot get the victory over this. Can you help me? And he said, absolutely, I can help you. And he took him to that scripture that I just read to you from Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. Be you transformed by the renewing of your mind. How do you renew your mind? And he said to him, you know, the Bible calls us sheep. That's one of the metaphors that's used to describe the family of God, the body of Christ. We're the sheep of his pasture. We're sheep. Sheep have four compartments in their stomach. By the way, I Googled all this and studied to make sure I had it right. Um, they have a four-chambered stomach. In fact, a lot of people say that they have four stomachs. It's actually one stomach, but it has four distinct chambers in it. And these four parts is the way they develop and digest their food. 
Um, the four parts are the rumen, the reticulum, the omasum, and the abomasum, four compartments of stomach. Here's what a sheep does. A sheep grazes and eats and swallows that food into the first chamber and the work of digestion begins. And in that first chamber, there are enzymes and stuff that begin to break it down and actually begin to ferment it. But after a while, the sheep will regurgitate that from the rumen compartment of the stomach and will chew on it a while. We call it chewing the cud. We refer to that with cows. Anybody heard that expression before, chew the cud? That, that's, cows do that as well. And, and they'll just chew on that a while. And then they'll swallow it back down into the second compartment of the reticulum compartment of the stomach. And after a while, they'll regurgitate from there and chew some more. And, and then they'll swallow it down into the amasum uh, or amasum part of the stomach. And they'll, they'll chew on it a while. And after a while, they'll uh, swallow it down. And, 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 and they finally, they get to that final stage, which is the abomasum part of the stomach. And all of this is process. Actually, what it allows them to do, they're able to digest certain fibers because sometimes they won't just graze on the grass. Sometimes they'll eat little sticks and, um, and, and other things that other animals like them cannot digest. But because of that process, they're able to digest some things that some of the others can't. Other animals can't. Now, since we're sheep, and, and what, what this good brother, either Jimmy Evans or Robert Morris, told this brother that had struggled with pornography all those years, he said, everything starts with a thought. Starts with a thought. It's how sin starts. Starts with a thought. It don't just happen. You didn't just wake up and say, what am I doing in this bed? And where are my clothes? <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> starts, starts with a thought. Don't, don't, don't hand me that stuff. People, people, some of the excuses people make about sin and just blow you away. <laughs> you, you just think that they're just helpless. They're just nothing they could do. No, no, no. It starts with a thought. And that's where you combat it at the thought level. When that thought comes in your mind. And, 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 and what he told this good brother, he said, the next time a thought, an immoral thought comes to your mind, said, first of all, when you get up every morning, get a scripture for the day. And by the way, Candy Christmas uh, emails, I get one of those and, and she's got a, I don't know how many thousands of people that she, she gives a scripture to every day. And that's a scripture to chew on all day long. He said, get you a scripture. That you, by the way, it's a good way to memorize Scripture too. Get you a Scripture for the day and, 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 and chew on it a little bit and swallow it. And when that first immoral thought comes to your mind, bring that Scripture right up. You're a sheep. And start chewing on it. 
Let, let, let's just use this Romans 12, 1 and 2. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, of the mercies of God, that you, yeah, let, and let, let's say I'm rolling along this morning, all of a sudden a, a, the enemy tries to hit me with a thought that I should not have. And I say, I rebuke that in the name of Jesus. By the way, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God. The mercies of God. Aren't the mercies of God wonderful? Praise God. You know, the mercies of God, if I remember correctly, they're new every morning. Great is the faithfulness of God, according to Jeremiah and Lamentations. <laughs> Glory to God. I thank you, Lord, for your mercies today. And just start, just start chewing on that. And just start developing that. And praise God. After a while, that fall will go away. And if that thing comes back up to you later, later in the day, just, I beseech you, therefore, brother, with the mercy of God, that you present your bodies. Praise God. My body's a living sacrifice to the Lord. Lord, I, I just want to re- reaffirm today that my body belongs to you. It's a, I, you're, my body's the temple of the Holy Spirit. Come and dwell in me today. Praise God. Think your thoughts through me, Lord. I want to see what you want me to see. I want to hear what you want me to hear. I want to speak what you want me to speak. I want to think what you want me to think. That Glory to God, my body is the temple of the Lord. Devil comes back a little bit later with that. Oh, praise God. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world. Praise God. I'm in this world, but I'm not of this world. I'm not going to be conformed to this world. In fact, I'm going to be, I'm being right now transformed by the renewing of my mind because the Word of God is changing my thinking pattern. Glory to God. It's erasing that garbage and filth of the past out of my three months later that man came back and said I want to thank you praise God for the first time in my life I am walking in victory and I am walking in freedom because I've learned to live like a sheep and I get me a scripture every morning as a glory to God. I'm learning the Word of God. I'm living on the Word of God. I'm feeding on the Word of God. Jesus said, man, don't live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Amen. The Word will keep you from sin, and sin will keep you from the Word. So get a hold of it. I'm, I'm telling you how to change your thought pattern. Praise God. Some of you that have been dealing with fear, when you feel those, those first tinges of fear, when you feel them start in on you, just go ahead and rebuke that in the name of Jesus and take the Word of God and come against that in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Some of you that are getting a little older, you may identify with this. Every once in a while, the devil tries to convince me that, that uh, just because I have a, maybe forget something or have a hard time bringing something up as quickly as I'd like to, that, I, that I'm in early stages of dementia. <laughs> By the way, that's been spoken over me. Years ago, there was a rumor that went around the city that said, Pastor at New Hope's got Alzheimer's. <laughs> ah, that was 15 years ago. In fact, I, one, of, one of my elder saints called me and said, Pastor, there's somebody called me and told me that you're in the early stages of Alzheimer's. 
And um, boy, if I am, y'all leave me alone. I'm having so much fun. <laughs> but I, I'm declaring to you, I'm not. And, and, and I'll tell you why the enemy tried to plant that thought in my mind. Because on my dad's side, there, there, there is a great deal of early dementia in his, in his family line his baby sister and it usually starts with paranoia and we first noticed that my daddy had it when he <laughs> my daddy my daddy had a he drove a big four-wheel drive jimmy set up i mean he he was you know it's a man kind of vehicle that, that's what he drove and one day he was out on the freeway in winston-salem and and a, and the guy in the lane beside him he was in the left lane of the guy in the lane beside him um, he must have looked off or something because he kind of veered over into my daddy's lane. My daddy took the wheel and cut into that joker and destroyed his car. He said, that guy tried to run me off the road. I showed him. <laughs> daddy thought he was an FBI agent that was after him. And we recognized that was paranoia. Early stages of dementia. It was setting in. And, and, and the, devil, the devil's tried to tell me in the past that that, that no, no, let me tell you. No, no, no. I thank the Lord. I, I, didn't, I, didn't, I didn't, hadn't heard Candy say, say exactly that, but I've been doing this for a long time. I've been doing this for years. I do, the, I do this uh, typically several times a day. I will say, uh, I'll just look up to the Lord and I say, Lord, I thank you. You're my Savior and you're my salvation. You're my healer and you're my health. You're my deliverer and you're my deliverance. You're my victor and you're my victory. And Lord, I just want to thank you today that you've given me a quick, sharp mind and a fantastic memory. And I want to thank you that you've given me a healthy, strong body to serve you and worship you with for a long life. Praise God. And I, I do that several times a day. Praise God. And especially, especially when the enemy tries to plant fear about dementia. No, in Jesus' name, praise God. I'm a child of the king. I'm, my mind's being renewed. My mind's renewed, being made new. Glory to God. They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Now listen, folks. Mm, glory. I don't care how long it's been in your family. It's time to get it out of your family. Amen. Jesus didn't suffer for you to have some kind of chronic something that's been passed down through. And there's a bloodline. Glory to God. You're a new creature in Christ Jesus. Old things have passed away, and behold, all things are new. I, I got to hurry. Let me give you this final one. It's from, it's, it's, it, here's, here's, you, you've changed the way you talk, you change the way you think, and you grow in love. I read this to you a while ago, 1 John 4, 17 and 18. There is no fear in love, for perfect love casts out fear, because fear involves torment. But he who fears was not made, has not been made perfect in love. We love him because 
he first loved us. When you begin to grow in the love of God, you can grow above that fear level and you can stop worrying. And the way you do that is you, you think about how much your heavenly father loves you. I used to pray a lot and, I, and, and still do uh, in telling Lord, Father, I, I love you. I just love you. I thank you so much. I love you. But I, I do more now. You know, Peter and John were two of the closest disciples that Jesus had, closest to him. They were in that inner circle of the three that were closest to Jesus. Peter was always talking about how much he loved the Lord. But John was always talking about how much the Lord loved him. If you'll get a hold of this this morning. And so now I just think, I say, Lord, I thank you. I thank you so much. Lord, it's beyond, I can't comprehend it. I don't understand. I'm not worthy of it. I don't deserve it, any of that stuff. But Lord, I, just, I know you love me. I know you love me. You love me so much you sent your only begotten son so that I could have life and have it more abundantly, so I could have eternal life, so I could go to heaven, not go to hell. I thank you, Lord. I thank you, Lord. You love, Lord Jesus, you love me so much that you suffered 39 stripes on your back so that I could be healed. And that's the reason I'm still walking around today is because you love me so much. You love me so much. Lord, I thank you for your love. Lord, I thank you for your love. When you begin to grow in that and realize, you begin to realize how much the Lord Jesus loves you. In fact, let me just go ahead and give you the conclusion of this message this morning. Your concept of God must embrace the fact that he wants the best for you. Some of you aren't there yet. You feel so unworthy. Well, of course we're unworthy. That's beside the point. He doesn't love us this morning because we're worthy. He loves us because he loves us. He loves us because he made us in his own image. He loves us. Glory to God. He loves us because he wanted a family and he wants you to be in it. He, he loves you this morning. He, he loves you because he's God. He, he just, he loves you because of what Jesus did for you. And you received that. When you accepted, that made you special to God. That made you, oh, you're precious in the, in the beloved. Boy, read 1 John chapter 3. Oh, behold, what manner of love the Father bestowed upon us that we should be called the sons of God. Therefore, the world knows us not because it knew him not. Beloved, now are we the sons of God. And it does not yet appear what we shall be, but we know that when we shall see him, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. Glory to God. Hallelujah. That's why we don't have to fear man. What could man do to you? The most, the, the ultimate, the, the worst thing that man could possibly do to you is kill this old body. And so what? It's going to die anyway. We're going to have a brand new body, a glorified body. A body a whole lot better than this body is waiting for. That's why Paul said, <laughs> do what you want to. He said, for me to live is Christ, to die is gain. I'm in a win-win situation. I will not lose. I cannot lose. It's impossible for me to lose. I'm in the kingdom of God. I'm a king's kid. I'm a win, 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 winner. 
Oh, glory to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Stand with me, please. I, I forgot to look at the clock. I just now glanced up there, and it's already past my time. So here's what I want you to do. I want you to get rid of this fear this morning. Prayer team, come quickly. Uh, I want you to get rid of fear. just want you to get rid of it. I want you to start now. I want you to start by saying the right thing. Glory to God. And if you need somebody to agree with, boy, there's power in agreement. I love prayers of agreement. I love it when I can get somebody to come into agreement with me, standing on the Word of God, and, and, and make my petition known to God. And if you want to come this morning, the altar's open. And uh, if you're unsaved, come give your heart to Jesus. If you're away from God, come on back home. If you're sick in body, come let them pray for you and believe God for healing. All of that's part of the, the children's bread. And, and whatever you're afraid of, whatever you're afraid of, if you're afraid of something from the past, if you're afraid of, if you're afraid of some, some, something that's followed your family line, or, or if you're afraid of a, a job or uh, afraid of losing, afraid, just, just come, come against that fear today. Let's get rid of that. Praise God. Don't let that block you from your blessing. Get, get you a running start this morning and hurdle over the top of it and go to your blessing and start living like your child of the king. Amen. Altars open anybody and everybody that would like to come and pray. Come.